All right. Welcome, Christian Israelites. Uh, good to hear uh, from you all and be speaking with you all again. And uh, uh, Dan, are you there? I am here. Okay. I've got my monitor, TV monitoring uh, in the other room, and it's blasting away. <laughs> so I'm going to have to uh, excuse myself for a second, but uh, we're going to be going into Judges 9, and we have a really good article that we want to discuss beforehand on Judges 9, Abimelech, Jotham, and the Shechemites, okay? So take it away, and I'll be right back. Okay. Good right. morning, everybody. We're going to be going into chapter 9, as Eli said. And the name of this article is Judges, chapter 9, Abimelech, Jotham, the Shechemites, and the woman of Thebes. Of Thebes, I guess that's how you say it. Um, <clears throat> this article comes from, I guess he got this from, uh, looks like a... Uh, foreign website. It's just called the Ministry of the Word of God. Um, uh, he can tell us when he gets back, I guess. But um, yeah, we'll be reading that, and then we'll be getting into Judges chapter nine. I guess I can go ahead and start reading the article. I guess he'll, he should be back in a second. So anyway, uh, go ahead and start with it. I'm amazed that I could complete a course with Dr. Waltke of Regent and read commentaries that purport to understand the covenantal context of judges. And none of them mention the significance of Jotham delivering his curses from Mount Gerizim, the place where the law prescribed for the recitation of blessing. However, such is the significance of this whole narrative of, of Abimelech and Jotham. The nation, when they rebelled, nevertheless thought that they were entitled to blessing, including power and wealth, and the defeat of their enemies. However, the most significant point in their history was the fact that Yahweh renewed his covenant with them, as per recorded in Deuteronomy. And as Moses concluded, the fifth book of the Pentateuch, there would be blessing for obedience and cursing for disobedience. Oh, there's the rub. <laughs> the blessing has to depend on obedience, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I was trying to get, where is this site that you got this from? It, it, is, is it a foreign website or something? Because uh, I, it's all like minister yeah, for the mi or something. Yeah, right. Like I can't read Let it. me see if I can. Ministerium. <laughs> Verbid divini. Yeah, it's uh, it's Latin. Ministerium verbidi <laughs> verbidini. Anyway, I, I posted it in the chat room. You know, okay. I'll post All it right. in, in, uh, in the upload as well. Okay, back to you. Okay, anyway. Hmm. Uh, as he was saying, blessing for obedience and cursing for disobedience. We cannot confuse this with election. Some of the elect also suffered in the nation for the prevailing sin of the nation as a whole. Here, Abimelech massacres the 70 sons of Gideon because he thought this would solidify for him power and wealth. He would become Israel's first king, and this is what the majority wanted. Wow, wow. The 70 sons of Gideon, the ones who saved uh, Israel in, in uh, earlier chapters of Judges. Amazing. Okay. 
Yep. Wow. The people desired a king like all the other nations. And as Yahweh would reveal to Samuel, this was a rejection of Samuel, the last of the judges, to usher in the reign of Saul, that we have Old Testament professors who claim to understand the background of the law, and Deuteronomy in particular, miss this most important point is sad and pathetic. Today's professors no less than the average Protestant Reformed layman. Waltke was disappointed with the biblical illiteracy of his students, but I'm surprised at his. <laughs> he should have treated the Reformed heritage as more than a train stop in his chaotic academic journey. I guess refusing to state <clears throat> that the God created everything in the span of six days meant that he couldn't stay there. Shechem, where Joshua renewed the covenant, is the place where this conspiracy and rebellion finds root. So it was only fitting that Jotham, the only son of Gideon to survive the massacre, would deliver, as a prophet no less, his curses from Mount Gerizim, for they had turned to warrior Yahweh of hosts against themselves. Their blood was now on their own heads. Okay, well, yeah, that's incredible. The surviving sons of Gideon all massacred by, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Abimelech. Abimelech, Beca yeah. Because he wanted to become king. Absolutely amazing uh, that an Israelite would slaughter the, the, uh, you know, the sons of that hero, Gideon. But back to you. Really doesn't surprise me. I mean, people do anything for <laughs> right. money and power, right? Yeah, yeah. well, we should be better than that, shouldn't we? We should. But yeah, yeah, okay. Um, three years later, Jotham showed himself to be a true prophet when his predictions concerning Abimelech and the people of Shechem were fulfilled in their destroying each other for the same selfish and rebellious reasons and motives. Applying the same principle of nepotism, one gal had the gall to think that one even closer to the people should be their king. It is interesting that the closer the people came to getting a king, the less area and people he would be a king of. However, Abimelech had an ally in Zebul, a man no one should trust. In any case, those who worship Baal, Berith, meaning covenant, would suffer the curses of the covenant as Jotham had prophesied. Abimelech thought that he could gain a victory over an otherwise innocent neighbor by repeating the plan to burn down their tower. But again, a woman comes to the fore with more brains than him <laughs> and not a little bit of cunning and strength, for she kills him with a millstone despite the actions of his armor bearer. The narrator's opinion of this narrative should be clear to all. Okay. Judges chapter 9, verses 56 and 57. Well, I think the author here, let's see, does the author give his name? No, it's just the ministerium. And, uh, yeah, he's absolutely right that a lot of these theologians fail to recognize that obedience to the law is the key. And that when we fail to obey the law, then Yahweh himself punishes us, Right? Yep. And, uh, and this is true in the modern world. The Judeo-Christians are just as, how should I put it, but blinded by their own uh, uh, how should I, faith, okay, what they call faith, that uh, just believing in God is good enough. No, you have to obey the law, absolutely. So this is the downfall of uh, Israel in the past, and it's the downfall of Israel today. All right, let's get into Judges and see 
see all the detail, the gory details here. Okay. Anyone can be a believer. I mean, yeah. Anybody can sit back and say, yeah. I believe, I mean, but that there, doesn't take any discipline or any work. No, he wants uh, exactly. Different. You can do that sitting on your couch while watching television, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And uh, there's a verse that says, even the devil believes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. Doesn't do him any good, right? <laughs> okay. All right. All Judges right. chapter Judges 9. Judges chapter uh-huh. 9. And Abimelech, the son of Jerubbabel, went to Shechem unto his mother's brethren and communed with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Shechem, whether is better for you, either that all the sons of Jerubbabel which are threescore and ten persons, reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. And his mother's brethren spake of him in the ears of all the men of Shechem all these words, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, He is our brother. And they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Baal-berith, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. And he went unto his father's house at Ophrah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubbabel, being threescore and ten persons, or seventy, upon one stone, notwithstanding, yet Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubbabel, was left, for he hid himself. Okay. So, anyway, so the one <clears throat> son survived. Now, because uh, uh, Shechem was the town where Jacob's two sons uh, you know, circumcised the Canaanites and said that one of, one of them could marry Dinah. Of course, that was a false promise and a, a violation of the law. And I'm assuming that Shechem, when uh, the Israelites invaded Canaan land, slaughtered them all. But I'm wondering if maybe there are a lot of Canaanites still left in this town, right? You know, seeing what's going on here. Just just speculating. Back to you. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 6. And all the men of Shechem gathered together, and all the house of Milo, and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. And when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood in the top of Mount Gerizim, and lifted up his voice, and cried, and said unto them, Hearken unto me, ye men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, Reign thou over us. But the olive tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness, wherewith by me they honor God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? Mm -hmm. Here's a perfect example of how the word tree absolutely refers to Israelites. People. Yeah. Yeah, To us. Okay. As, as very often does. Now, it's really interesting. Uh, so the uh, the Shechemites got together and elected Abimelech. That's democracy for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Okay. Verse 10. And the tree said to the fig tree, Come thou and reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be promoted over the trees? Ooh. Then said the trees unto the vine, Come thou, and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine, which cheereth God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees? 
Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come thou and reign over us. And the bramble said unto the trees, If in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble Ooh. and devour the cedars of Lebanon. There you <clears> go. <throat> let fire come out. So I don't know why he can't bring the wine with him. <laughs> but uh, the, I think the wine symbolizes the, the truth, right? The, the uh, true uh, doctrine. Okay. This is a very interesting parable in the middle of the story. Okay. Now, therefore, if you have done truly and sincerely, and that you have made Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jerobabel and his house, and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hands. For my father fought for you and adventured his life afar, his life far, and delivered you out of the hand of Median. And you are risen up against my father's house this day mm. and have slain his sons, threescore and ten persons, upon one stone, and have made Abimelech, the son of his maidservant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If ye then have dealt truly and sincerely with Jerobabel and with his house this day, then rejoice ye in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and the house of Milo, and let fire come out from the men of Shechem and from the house of Milo and devour Abimelech. Okay, how uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that Jotham is putting this in a you know a conditional phrase. But how in the world can a house or a kingdom built on murder thrive? How can right. they? Okay. All right, so he's being tongue-in-cheek here, no doubt. All right, back to you. And Jotham ran away and fled and went to Beer and dwelt there for, for fear of Abimelech, his brother. Verse 22, when Abimelech had re reigned three years over Israel, then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the oh. men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. His brethren... His brethren, no less, right? <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. my God. All right. That the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of Jerubbabel might come, and their blood might be, and their blood be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren. And the men of Shechem set, set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountains. And they robbed all that came along that way by them. And it was told of Imelech. And Gael, the son of Ebed, came with his brethren and went over to Shechem. And the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. And they went out into the fields and gathered the, their vineyards and trode the grapes and made merry and went into the house of their God and did eat and drink and cursed Abimelech. And Gael, the son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Is not he the son of Jerubbabel, and Zebel his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for why should we serve him? And would to God this people were under my hand. Then would I remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, Increase thine army and come out. And when Zebel, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gael, the son of Ebed, his anger was kindled. And he sent messengers unto Abimelech privily, saying, Behold, Gael, the son of Ebed, and his brethren, be come to Shechem, 
and behold, they fortify the city against thee. Now therefore, up by night, thou and the people that is with thee, and lie in wait in the field. And it shall be that in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, thou shalt rise early, and set upon the city. And behold, when he and the people that is with him come out against thee, then mayest thou do to them as thou shalt find occasion. And Abimelech rose up, and all the people that were with him by night, and they laid wait against Shechem in four companies. And Gael, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entering of the gate of the city. And Abimelech rose up, and the people that were with him from lying in wait. And when Gael saw the people, he said to Zebel, Behold, there come people down from the top of the mountains. And Zebel said unto him, Thou seest the shadow of the mountains as if they were men. And Gael spake again and said, See, there come people down by the middle of the land, and another company come along by the plain of Meonium. Then said Zebel unto him, Where is now thy mouth, wherewith thou saidest, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? Is not this the people that has despised, that thou hast despised? Go out, I pray now, and fight with them. And Gael went out before the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him, and he fled before him. And many were overthrown and wounded, even unto the entering of the gate. And Abimelech dwelt at Aruma, And Zebel thrust, Ga- thrust out Gael and his brethren, that they should not dwell in Shechem. And it came to pass on the morrow that the people went out into the field, and they told Abimelech, And he took the people and divided them into three companies and laid wait in the field and looked and behold, the people were come forth out of the city and he rose up against them and smote them. And Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood in the entering of the gate of the city. And the two other companies ran upon all the people that were in the fields and slew them. And Abimelech fought against the city all that day. And he took the city and slew the people that was there in and beat down the city and sowed it with salt. I wonder what that means, sowed it with salt. I think it's, uh, uh, to, well, there probably were gardens within the city. So if you put salt on the dirt, uh, it uh, makes it uh, infertile. Okay. Yeah. And when all the men of the Tower of Shechem heard that, they entered into an an old and hold of the house of the god Berith. And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech got him up to Mount Zalman, he and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bow from the trees and took it and laid it on his shoulder and said unto the people that were with him, What ye have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. And all the people likewise cut down every man his bow and followed Abimelech and put them to the hold and set the hold on fire upon them so that all the men of the tower of Shechem died also, about a thousand men and women. Then went Abimelech to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower within the city and thither fled all the men and women and all they of the city and shut it to them, 
and get them up to the top of the tower. And Abimelech came unto the tower and fought against it and went hard unto the door of the tower to burn it with fire. And a certain woman cast a piece of millstone upon Abimelech's head <laughs> and all to break his skull. Wow, good shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then okay. He hastily, he hast, then he called hastily unto the young man, his armor bearer, and said unto him, Draw thy sword and slay me, that men say not of me. A woman slew him. And his young man thrust him through, and he died. Well, it's interesting, the, in, in the book of Judges, uh, there's always these female heroes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Where, you know, uh, one woman cuts the head off of uh, you know an invading man, and we have uh, uh, Deborah becoming the, 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 the judge, and high priestess of the Israelites. So a lot of female heroes in the book of Judges. Back to you. Mm-hmm. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his place. Thus God rendered the wickedness of Abimelech, which he did unto his father in slaying his 70 brethren. And all the evil of the men of Shechem did God render upon their heads. And upon them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubbabel. Okay, very good. So Jotham <clears throat> uh, pronounced the curse and the curse came true because it was of Yahweh. And uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that any Israelite could expect anything else than to be cursed if if they do wrong, if they fail to obey his laws. All right, Judges chapter 10. Chapter 10. And after Abimelech there arose to defend Israel, Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamir in Mount Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty and three years, and died, and was buried in Shemir. And after him arose Jair, a Gileadite, and judged Israel twenty and two years. And he had thirty sons that rode on thirty ass colts, and they had thirty cities, which are called Havoth Jair unto this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died, and was buried in Cammon. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of Yahweh, and served Balaam, and Ashtaroth, and the gods of Syria, and the gods of Zidon, and the gods of Moab, and the gods of the children of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines, and forsook Yahweh, and served not him. Okay. And the anger of Yahweh was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hands of the children of Ammon. Okay, okay, again. More slavery. So when we come into John 8, uh, 44, or verse 32, where Yahshua says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Those Edomites said, What? We were never in bondage to any man. So here's another instance of slavery, the uh, slavery of the Israelites. Back to you. Pretty much our entire history. Yeah, right. But since the Edomites were never enslaved, they uh, they admitted to Yahshua then and there that they were not Israelites. Okay, because they were never admonished mm-hmm. to any man. All right, back to you. Verse 8. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel 18 years. All the children of Israel that were on the other side, Jordan, in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. 
Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. And the children of Israel cried unto Yahweh, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. Oh, boy. And, yep. and Yahweh said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites, from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines, the Zidonians also, and the Amalekites, and the Maonites did oppress you, and you cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. How many times do I have to remind you? (laughs) Right? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay. So this, again, shows how many times they've been in bondage. That's right. Yes. Look at all this. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, Maon, which is uh, a new word to me, the name of an Israelite and of a place in Palestine. Okay. All right. That doesn't tell much, does it? No, it doesn't. This is the name of an Israelite and the place named after him. Okay. Okay, verse 13. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. Oh, man. Aren't we at that stage today, right? Mm -hmm. Let Bill Gates and uh, the Rockefellers and Big Pharma save you from COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We've been in trouble, bro. In big trouble. All right. And they put away the strange gods from among them and served Yahweh. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Then the children of Ammon were gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people and princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. End of chapter 10. Okay, so here again they want to elect a a king (laughs) over themselves. And that doesn't happen until uh, 2 Samuel. All right, okay, chapter 11. Chapter 11. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot. Ooh. And Gilead begat Jephthah. Okay. And... Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Oh. Now, wait, what's what's strange here? Uh, Son of a strange woman. Which word is this here? This is Acker. That's an unusual one. Okay. Uh, properly hinder, generally next, other, following, next, strange. So it's not clear. Probably uh, probably not a, uh, a an outsider of Israel, but uh, somebody they don't know. I think uh, that's what it means here. Okay. Verse 3. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him. And it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to to fetch Jephthah 
out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? <laughs> Fair weather, friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and Yahweh deliver them before me, shall I be your head? Gad said unto Jephthah, Yahweh be witness between us, if we do not, if we do not so according to thy words. <clears throat> then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before Yahweh in Mizpah. And Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come against me to fight in my land? <clears throat> and the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt, from Arnon even unto Jabbok and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore these lands again peaceably. Oh, he's got and a Jephthah, grudge. It's an old grudge, right? <laughs> okay. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon, and said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt, and walked through the wilderness unto the Red Sea, and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent. And Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab and came by the east side of the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab for Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land into my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. <clears throat> and Yahweh, God of Israel, delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coasts of the Amorites, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now Yahweh, God of Israel, has dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. And shouldest thou possess it? Okay, so his, well, his history lesson here <laughs> for the king of the Ammonites is it was never your land at all. Okay, is what he's saying. All right, back to you. Mm -hmm. Verse 24. Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever Yahweh our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. 
<clears throat> and now art thou any and now art thou anything better than Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon and her towns, and Aror and her towns, and in all the cities that be along the coast of Arnon three hundred years? Why therefore did ye not recover them within that time? Wherefore I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me. Yahweh the judge be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah which he sent him. <clears throat> then the spirit of Yahweh came upon Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto Yahweh, and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whosoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be Yahweh's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering." So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and Yahweh delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Aror, even thou, even till thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto Yahweh, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto Yahweh, do to me according that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. For as much as Yahweh has taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. <clears throat> and she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months that I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which she had vowed. And she knew no man. And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. Okay. So he had to make her the... Uh, Sacrifice, right? Based on what he had promised to Yahweh, he couldn't go back on his word. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I remember I was debating. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's uh, uh, an ex-Christian, and uh, we had a debate. He claimed that she was actually physically sacrificed uh, according to these passages, but no, she just remained a virgin, and she was yeah. became essentially a cloistered nun. Okay. She was not killed you know, and, and sacrificed physically. All right, is is her? Uh, let's put it this way: her bearing fruit was sacrificed. All right, mm -hmm. ability to bear fruit. Okay. 
I don't yeah. think Yahweh, that's not what Yahweh wanted. No, no. It's Just uh, like with um, Abraham yeah. and sacrificing Isaac, he, was, he wasn't going to let him sacrifice right. Isaac, yeah. you know. Human sacrifice is absolutely forbidden. Right. Except by the, the Canaanites and the rest of the world, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Only Israel has such a law, okay? The rest of the world does human sacrifice. All right, Judges 12. Judges chapter 12. And the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and went northward and said unto Jephthah, Wherefore passeth thou over to fight against the children of Ammon? And didst not call us to go with thee? We will burn thine house upon thee with fire. <clears throat> and Jephthah said unto them, I and my people were at great strife with the children of Ammon. And when I called you, you delivered me not out of their hands. And when I saw that you delivered me not, I put my life in my hands and passed over against the children of Ammon. And, the, and Yahweh delivered them into my hand. Wherefore, then you are come up to me this day to fight against me. Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim, because they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so that when those Ephraimites which were escaped said, Let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto him, Art thou an Ephraimite? If he said, No, then they said unto him, Say now, Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth, for he could not frame <laughs> to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of Jordan, and there fell at that time of the Ephraimites forty and two thousand. He had a lisp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, he lispeth. <laughs> Slay him. All right. Okay. <laughs> Back to you. And Jephthah judged Israel six years. Then died Jephthah the Gileadite and was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. And after him, Ibzan of Bethlehem judged Israel. And he had 30 sons and 30 daughters whom he sent abroad and took in 30 daughters from abroad for his sons. And he judged Israel seven years. Then died Ibzan and he was buried at Bethlehem. And after him, Elon a Zebulonite judged Israel, and he judged Israel ten years. And Elon the Zebulonite died, and he was buried in Ajalon in the country of Zebulun. And after him, Abdon, the son of Hillel, a Pirathonite, judged Israel. And he had forty sons and thirty nephews that rode on threescore and ten ass colts. And he judged Israel eight years. And Abdon, the son of Hillel, the Pirathonite died and was buried in Pirathon in the land of Ephraim in the Mount of the Amalekites. Okay. End of chapter 12. Yeah, so virtually every tribe had, had a chant, had a leader that was a judge of Israel, <laughs> right? There's round robin going on here. All right, but uh, some of them are good. It looks like most of them are actually pretty good, but uh, some of them are really evil. Okay. Chapter 13. And now we come to oh, Samson. chapter 13, okay. Samson, yeah. one of the most famous judges of Israel. Mm-hmm. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of Yahweh, and Yahweh delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. 
And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and bare not. And the angel of Yahweh appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. <laughs> but I asked him not whence he was, neither told me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Okay, interesting here, because we had talked about this previously. You know, there are uh, sects of Christianity that say the Bible forbids alcoholic beverages, but it's really obvious that it doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, we, we're counseled against strong drink, right? And uh, all things in moderation, but there's no absolute prohibition. So here, wine in Hebrew is yayin. Okay. Uh, intoxication. Drink no wine, intoxicating drink, or nor strong drink, shekar, and intoxicant. Okay. That is intensely alcoholic liquor. Strong drink, drunkard, strong wine. Okay, so we're counseled against strong drink and strong wine, but not, you know, uh, moderate drinking. Okay, and uh, of course we should limit our drinking in any case, but actually a little bit of uh, wine settles the stomach, as the, the, what do you call it, the Mediterranean diet people know, (laughs) right? Well, it even tells you in 1 Timothy about um, a little bit of... uh... Yeah, a little I bit of wine that. will do you good, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so, a little bit, you know. Yeah. But um, just a little bit. <laughs> moderation is what it's all about. Right, just a little bit of sangria will do you good. <laughs> all yeah, right. And I don't even. I mean, personally, I don't even drink alcohol. Period. Okay. None of it. Right. But, um, I have. You know, I don't see any prohibition against it in the Bible. There, at no, all. there is not. There is absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Back to you. Verse eight. Then Manoah entreated Yahweh and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, The man has appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we we do unto him? And the angel of Yahweh said unto Manoah, of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may, she may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink strong wine or drink. 
nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. So no grapes either. Okay. Yep. And Manoah said unto the angel of Yahweh, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of Yahweh said unto Manoah, Thou, thou, the, uh, though thou detain Though thee. thou, though thou. That's a <laughs> <Though> really, <thou. laughs> fascinating combination. Not, not common in English, them. right? <laughs> okay. I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto Yahweh. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of Yahweh. Okay. And Manoah said unto the angel of Yahweh, What is thy name, that when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor? And the angel of Yahweh said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering, and offered it upon a rock unto Yahweh. And the angel did wondrously, and Manoah his wife looked on. For it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of Yahweh ascended in the flame of the altar. And Manoah, his wife, looked on and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of Yahweh did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of Yahweh. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. <laughs> but, his, but his wife said unto him, if Yahweh were pleased to kill us, he would have not received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as it, nor would as at this time have told us such things as these. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and Yahweh blessed him. And the spirit of Yahweh began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtael. Okay, so the moral of the story is husbands, listen to your wives. They often know better than you do. All right. Chapter 14. 14. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she <laughs> pleased me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of Yahweh, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Okay, here, a big, a very important verse here, because it's telling us this is of Yahweh. His marriage to uh, Delilah, we'll find out her name a little later. And because she is a Philistine and not a Canaanite, she is a Hamite. Okay, and it's quite likely that Hagar was a Hamite as well, wife of Abraham. So as long as we marry within our race, it's okay. <laughs> the Philistines were not Canaanites. They were Hamites, but not Canaanites. So this marriage is acceptable. Back to you. But his parents still don't. Life. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like when I, my mother just didn't like it when I ma married a half Polish girl. 
you, you should marry a 100% German girl. All right? Yeah, okay. But they came to like each other after all. <laughs> okay. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of Yahweh came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came on to his father and mother. And he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman and Samson made there a feast, for so used the man, for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you, if you can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast, and find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. But if you cannot declare it me, then you shall give me thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle, that we may hear it. Wait a minute, isn't this gambling? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband, that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with ooh, fire. Ooh, threat. Have ye called us to take that yeah. we have? Is it not so? And Samson's wife wept before him and said, Thou dost but hate me, and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people, and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and I shall tell it thee. And she wept before him the seven oh, days while their Cry. feast lasted. Yeah, it, softening his heart, right? Yeah. The crying woman. <laughs> mm -hmm. The longer she cries, the more he gets softened up. Let's continue. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her, because she lay sore upon him. And she told the riddle to the children of her people. And the men of the city said unto him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them, If he had not plowed with my heifer, he had not found out my riddle. Oh, okay. And the spirit of Yahweh came upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon, and slew thirty men of them, and took their spoil, and gave change of garments unto them, which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went up to his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he had used as his friend. Okay, so what is the meaning of this? Uh, he he gave her away? Don't always listen to your wife. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I stand corrected. <laughs> Okay, uh, Judge, uh, what does this mean? Samson's wife was given 
to his companion, whom he had used as his friend? He gave her away? Is that what this means? I think maybe in a figurative sense, maybe, maybe. he um, she deceived him, right? Yeah. And um, Right. So his wife was, in a, I guess, in a figurative sense. Maybe, um, yeah. Well, the word given is was added tally, by the translation. It's added, so yeah, yeah, so I can't read too much into it. Okay, he well, had used as his friend, so right. he this, Yeah, this yeah, friend. and he used her well. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, all right. Chapter fifteen, with about six minutes left. All right, we can get started. Um, but it came to pass within a while after, in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid, and he said. I will go in to my wife into the chamber, but her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I privily thought that thou hadst utterly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to thy companion. Ah, okay, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands of fire, set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burnt up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. Then the Philistines said, who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father Whoa. with fire. Whoa, there wow. you go. That's what you get for causing us all this trouble. <laughs> Burn yeah. that witch. Burn that witch, right? Okay. What a story. Samson, what an amazing story. Okay. It is. Yeah. yeah. And Samson said unto them, Though you have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Etam. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up to do to him as he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Edom, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? Why is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. Knowest thou not that the Rothschilds are rulers over us? Uh, How dare you make trouble for us by attacking them? Huh. Okay. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon not fall upon me yourselves. Okay. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast, and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. Huh. And they bound him with two new cords, and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the spirit of Yahweh came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. 
and his bands loose from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramathlehi. And he was sore athirst and called on Yahweh and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. And I wonder if someone had offered him wine, (laughs) whether he would drink it. All right. But God clave an hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name thereof in Hakor, which is in Lehi unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. Okay, so he was still judging Israel during all of this turmoil with the Philistines. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay, so we're pretty much out of time for today. Yeah. So uh, this was a really fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff going on here. And uh, good women and bad women, right? That's uh, that's uh, uh, our common experience as Israelite men, right? Of course, the same can be said by the women toward us, right? There's good men and bad women, bad men. And uh, we have to deal with each other. Hopefully, we can obey Yahweh's laws from now on. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks uh, for narrating, Dan. And we'll be with you you next week. Yahweh bless everybody. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye.